morning as we get to think of the land that God wants to give to us. Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Savior Jesus. Had some fun this week. I was curious, like you, I know that home prices have gone up a lot lately, and so I was really curious what my first home was worth now. You know, you can look at all that stuff up at any time you want. Uh, and, and I was surprised, I don't know, good, bad, surprised, whatever, you get to decide. I was surprised to see that the home had gone up more than 60% in value in the last five years alone. That's a really good return on investment. Huh? I wish I'd stoned. It's gone up more than 100% in value in the last 10 years. That's what I missed out by coming to you. I gave that up for you. Um, but no, I mean, we, we did, right? We, we traded. We knew we were giving up that value because we chose other values. Other values were more significant for us. That home meant a lot of things for us. It didn't just mean a monetary return. That was not as important. That home meant a place of safety. It was our home. It was our place. It was a place of security. And it was a place for us to foray out, foray, right? Charge out into the world and to take the world as ours. It was a place for us to, to make a difference for time and for the years to come. It was a place for our family, a place to, to get started together. We chose, though, other values. And it's true that, that this place is different, right? Um, we, we don't own the home, and that makes a very big difference to me here. You know, this, I have this desire, this sense to have my own place, to have my own property. And, and if I ever leave, I have to say that's going to be one of the things that's pushing on my mind is to have a place that I own. It's my place. It's my land. Right? But I think about also the things that we chose when we came here. The values we chose, right? We, we chose something that was temporary. That's not all bad. Everything in this life is temporary. And sometimes to choose something that's temporary reminds you of what is really going on. We chose a, a place for expansion, a place for growth. We chose a, a place where we could spread out. We chose those things, those values of expansion and growth. We, we chose a place that was a bit secluded, a bit stepped away, a bit out of the way, right, so we could, we could step away ourselves. These are the values we chose. And I, I think about that, and I think about the values that made you choose this place. Right? This church... This facility, this land, I'm not just talking about the church, right? But I'm talking about like this land. You chose this land for specific reasons. We used to have property on M89. We were, we were right on the main drag and, and maybe, maybe we weren't in the middle of the action then, but we would have been in the middle of the action now. I know that there were very practical reasons for, for moving, but you think, what are the values that we chose when we moved to this place? We chose growth. We chose a place where we could expand and have growth, room to expand for the future. We chose a, a setting aside or a setting apart of ourselves, right? We chose a place where we could step away from the, the busyness and the rush of traffic in life. We chose a place where we had stability and security, a place that we could put down roots and say, this is our place for years to come. These are the values. This is the symbol that is this place. This place tells the community and tells the whole world, these are the things that are important to us. This sim place is a symbol of us. God's people have always chosen land, had land, 
as a symbol of who they are. The ancient Jews had a promised land that was central to their story. And today, and then for the weeks to come, we want to talk about, first, the land that was a symbol of them as a people. And then we want to talk about the other symbols, their text, their temple, and then lastly, we're going to talk about their identity. These items were symbols of God's people. And today we want to focus on that first one, the land. How can the land be a symbol of God's people and God's presence so that as we watch and we wait for God to return, we make sure there's a symbol not just for us, but for the world to see. So let's do that today. Today we want to take the symbol of the land. See, for God's people, there had always... God gave them land, and eventually that land became the promised land. In the beginning, God made the Garden of Eden. God said to Adam, I give you this, what? This land, this garden to work it, to cultivate it. God gave him land. He didn't just say to Adam, all right, now you go out and good luck. I hope you survive out there, you know, find a place to live. Maybe you can build a little hut or something. He said, no, I give you the land. I give you the garden. It's yours to work and to cultivate. Uh, and then that land became the promise of a promised land. God told Abram, I will give you a land. And he, he has very specific geographic constraints or geographic boundaries for it. It says, from the wadi of Egypt up to the Euphrates. There was a specific land that God promised to his people. And that promise then, he carried out. He actually gave the land to his people. This is Deuteronomy chapter 1. See, I've given you the land to go into. Now go up into it and take possession of the land that, I swore, that the Lord swore he would give to your fathers. God gave his people a land. And that land became central to the Jewish identity. That land was central to their story. They wanted to know not only where they would live, but where they would live someday. Right? That, that's, that was, land was a way to tell the world, this is who we are. We live in this land and in this place. And you can tell that land means so much more to the Jewish people than just a home and a place to plant crops by the political discussion right, or the political tension that the that still exists in the Middle East today. The Israelis and the Palestinians still struggle over the land. The land meant far more than just a place to put your head down on a pillow for a few hours at night. That land meant something even for eternity. And that's really shown well through the prophet Ezekiel. The prophet Ezekiel said to the Israelites, they'll live in the land I gave to my servant Jacob, the land where your ancestors lived, they and their children and their children's children will live there forever. Now this is a really kind of a confusing passage. It's a difficult passage because God says there's, there's people living in land forever. I don't think any of us plan to live in our land forever, do we? Um, and, and there's multiple generations of people referred to here that are all like a thousand years apart and living. 
but you can get the point, is that obviously the land has taken on a huge, like, eternal significance. And that's what God wants to make sure his people know, that this land means more than just a little piece of dirt to grow on for a while. This land meant so much to them. By the time of Jesus, this land was, was a symbol. It was a significant symbol. It was a symbol that told the world who was God's people. And you can hear that in this conversation that we read from the woman that Jesus met at the well. She said to Jesus, Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Do you hear the debate about land that the people were having? Some people said, Mount Zion, Jerusalem, is the land of God. Other people said this mount called Gerizim, this is the land where God will come to see his people. And Jesus answered the debate. He didn't say no land. What did he say? He said to them, God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. It's neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem, but God is spirit and that worship must happen in the spirit and in truth. You can see this land was a significant symbol of God's presence. And Jesus told them, actually, wherever the Holy Spirit comes, that is God's land. And wherever God's word is with people, that is God's land. Can you f see what he was saying to them? I put it this way. He didn't say no land. And he didn't say only one land. He said any land. This is the teaching that Jesus wanted to get across to even the people of his own day. They were focused on one land as the symbol of God's people. The question always was, right, how do we know who God's people are? Well, they're the people who live in this land. And when the Messiah comes, we're going to live in this land. So we need this Messiah to come to restore the land to us. Jesus said, you're right that you need a land. But you know what? It can be any land. When the Messiah comes, he will restore to you any land as long as the word of God and the Holy Spirit is there, that will be my land. That will be my space, my place where I will have people worship me. That's the promise that you and I hold on still to today. God doesn't say only one land or no land, but any land where my word is and my spirit is, I will make my land. And he says that in beautiful ways in the New Testament. For example, he puts this awesome promise before his people when he says, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works. This is a profound passage because the point of the promised land was to offer rest for God's people. Jesus says, you believers, you New Testament people, you can have the same rest without going into the land, enter into God's rest. 
God wants to tell you that you can be part of God's land as long as you have that rest wherever you are. This is the promise that God has made true even today. God will use and make at any place his land. Any place. Not necessarily America. Not necessarily the, the land of the free and the home of the brave. Not Europe, that country that held the gospel for so long. But any place. Christianity is today the most diverse religion in the whole world. And it is growing rapidly in all kinds of surprising places. Places where God is claiming land for himself. In Africa, the, the percentage of Christians has gone from 90 to almost 50%. In, in the land that is full of, well, at least was for a while, full of very different spirituality. In Korea, where Christianity has gone from 1% to almost 50% in about the last 100 years. Or in China, where nearly a third of the residents now are said to perhaps be, be Christians, be believers. God is claiming any land for himself. Not, not just one land. But he's not forgetting his people either. Right? He gives them a land, any land that they can call home. That is my place. That is my space, he says. It's your land where I'm coming to you through spirit and word. And friends, your land, my land, our land, it can be God's land. It can be God's land and God's place. If you look at, if you think there's, there's kind of two ways, and let me illustrate, right? Let me illustrate how this happens. There's kind of two ways where you can claim land. The first is the classic American way. How do Americans claim land? It's the Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong way. You watch, you watch, uh, the, you know, the, the, the movie Apollo 13, right? Or, or, um, or you watch the, uh, you think about how that happened. You watch Buzz Aldrin. He, he takes the flag and he jams it down into the moon and he, he claims the moon for America. And that's how Americans still today, that's how we tend to think about claiming land, isn't it? We, we take the door, lock off the doors, we move into a house and we, we put in our own locks or if we buy a new piece of land, we put up a sign on the outside and we say, no trespassing. We claim this land for ourselves. That's the one way to claim land, but that's not how God claims land. You ever, you ever watch and you see how, how the, uh, the other way to claim land, you watch how the weeds grow in our parking lot? I watch, I watch every year, you probably noticed like I have, well maybe, I don't know, maybe you have, maybe you don't pay attention to the weeds. I pay attention to the weeds in the parking lot. I notice them as I, as I come into the parking lot and I see how year after year the weeds are claiming more of the parking lot. Nature is saying, this is my land and I'm going to take it from you. And the parking lot cannot own it. The trees will keep coming and they will own it. Nature will have this land. Maybe you've seen even the places in, uh, in Detroit, right, where the, the city is going back to, the, back to nature because the grass and the weeds and the trees and the forest are, are reclaiming the land. Some of the old homes are just collapsing because trees are growing right up through the middle of them. Nature will have the land. And that is how God, that is how God will claim this land. Not with force, 
Not with violence. He doesn't need to pound a sign on the door. He doesn't need to change the locks. Organically, he will send the Spirit and the Word into our hearts and he will work through us to claim the land. Have you ever noticed in the Gospels after Jesus rises from the dead, there's this one little sentence. Jesus says to his disciples, I am going ahead of you to Galilee. What does he mean by that, right? Why does he say that? It's because Jesus has not just risen from the dead to float around like a spirit. He is a man, he is a person with a body, and he will claim a land for himself. And he will work now through his disciples and then someday through you to make that land his very own. On our own, you and I bring nothing but death and destruction to the land. We're sinners. We're, we're so corrupt on the inside, all we do is destroy a place. And you can see example after example of how humans and our work brings death and destruction to places. We're so filled with sin, we don't even realize how destructive we are. But God says, if you will, let me work through you. If you will put to death your own sin and let me bring life in you, I will make life come in this place. I will claim even you, and through you I will make there be land in this place. I will make this land come alive. And then when I return with all my saints in glory, there will be life in this place. Friends, do you see the power of what God could do as he brings life through me and through you? The gospel reminds us just how destructive and how sinful and destroying we are. And we tear each other apart. We tear this world apart. And yet when the gospel reigns through us, not only does God say, yes, you're destructive, but he also says, I can bring more life through you than you could ever thought possible. It's not no land for you, and it's not only one land for you and me. It's any land, any land that God can claim. So let's do this, friends. Let's claim a land for God. Let's let his, our land become his land. The Jews, they could only have one land, and you could see what that did. That made for fighting and for squabbling for, for a couple thousand years. It's been a a sad story. But for you and for me, God will use us to claim any land, to mark any land. And, and you know, this is something that we need to take again as a serious issue in our lives and say, is there a land, is there a place, is there a space for God anymore? Not just in our homes, but in our communities. Where do you go if you want to be an honest person, just work a day's wage, do a day's job, and not be told anymore that you have to support a specific agenda or ideology? Where do you go if you want to work or to be part of a business, frequent a business, and just buy something that doesn't support all kinds of policies that you disagree with? 
Do we have a land anymore that we can claim as our own? I thought I got to see a really kind of neat example of this over uh, actually in China. Because right down the street from the school where I worked and where the school where I lived was this, was this pizza place. It was called, you probably can't hardly read it there because this is their menu, it's Uncle Robin's Pizza. And right away you should say, well that's kind of strange, why is there a pizza place in China called Uncle Robin's Pizza? Uh, and, and why are they making pizza too in China? Because if you know the Chinese, they don't ever eat pizza. The pizza is like really a weird food in, in China. Well, this Chinese man had some experience with foreigners, but more importantly, he was a Christian. And he wanted to make a, a, a space, he wanted to make a business, he wanted to claim a chunk of land where he would not only serve customers, but he would also show them a different way of running a business. He wanted to claim a piece of land and say, in this land and in this place, God is working through us. Here is where a place where we treat our customers with respect, with dignity, with honor. We treat them in, with, in accordance with, with Christian values. Here is a place where we can treat our employees with respect and honor and dignity. And he claimed that land and it made it into a, a, what, into a, a hub, into a base where the gospel could go out from that place. Now, if you had walked into that business, you would never know just from the, the walls and all that kind of thing, that that man was, was a Christian. There was, no, there was no signs on the wall. There was none of that. There was no so-called propaganda anywhere. But that land became, for him and for many other people, a place, God's place. Friends, let's, let's do that again together. I want one of us, I want some of us, to make again a, a, a business, perhaps it's the pizza place, where we can be customers, where we can be uh, employees, and we get treated well. Let us make, again, perhaps an accounting business, where we can claim a piece of land and God's life can grow in us organically and go out from that place. Let us make a church that treats people so well that they can say, surely God is in this place. This is God's land and his space. And when Jesus comes again, when he returns with all of his power and his might, and he does not just say anymore, any land is mine, but he says every land is mine, then he will find that we have this land, we have this space, we have this place. He will see it as a symbol, as a sign that his people are in this place, and he will say, that too is mine. That too is mine. And I will add that land to my place. I want to be part of that. I want to be part of making a land that is truly his with you. Let's do that, huh? Let's pray for God to be doing that among us. Lord Jesus, you have promised to give us a land, a place that is a, a sign, a, a symbol of your presence and your people. We pray that you would come among us with your resurrection power to heal us from our destructive tendencies, to make us come alive once again with the power to make, bring life to this place. Let us make for the whole world a sign and a symbol of what it looks like for God to have a land so that when you come again in glory, you will claim this place as your very own. We pray for this in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen.